What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Yala. Your thrice weekly podcast where we talk about the hottest news with a touch of what, parents? Good old Gen Z humor, man. Good old Gen Z humor, man. Yeah. Exactly. Gen Z humor. Gen yeah, Z yeah. humor. Uh, um, yeah, it's a. I guess <laughs> we'll we'll get into why we we are we are a little sh- shaken right now. Mm, um, mm. But but how was your week, man? Uh yeah, it's just been uh been quite quite a lot of uh big news that right all the ABSD stuff, mm. uh, property prices and all that very very serious stuff la. That's why it's quite refreshing the the topics that we're talking about today. Kind of like, is it refreshing, Terence? Is it? It's a, it's a, it's a real wormhole uh, to to dive into, to say the least. It'll get you away from the typical things that you worry about, like cost of living, rising prices, inflation, all that boring <laughs> stuff. And it'll take you on this wormhole into this journey that you never knew, or this corner of Singapore, or corner of like online Singapore that you never even knew existed. Uh. Yeah. Yeah, but which has been there, and I mm. guess maybe not not for people who are a bit older like us. But mm. holy shit, man. Uh, yeah, the, yeah uh-huh. the first topic is a is a wormhole, is a rabbit hole, is a is a whatever yeah. hole you want to call it. Yeah, but how um, was your week, man? Uh week was okay. Week was okay. I think I'm I'm finally feel feeling the heat uh more than mm. ever. Like this mm. week was just like I know I've said before that in this kind of weather I'm always just moist. But mm. this week is like even sleeping, I'm like, wow, okay, I think I need to bite the bullet and turn on the aircon, which I don't like to do. Yeah, yeah. It's a uh... No man, it's it's all this climate change talk. The, the the yeah, the only way to combat it is yeah, you know, like um, I mean yeah you it's really suffering lah, right? When you when you sit through that 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 uh, what's the word? Uh? I wouldn't even. I wish I had a GP tutor to t- tell me what's the best word to use here. Oh, um, sorry, man, you like, don't, man. <laughs> I know, no, I know I one. I know, I know what, at least what, one. Yeah. yeah, I know at least one. How do you describe the heat here? Uh, yeah, the heat. What's the one word? What's the word? Is it sweltering uh, or is it searing or uh, what, what kind of heat is it? I would say like just annoying because I annoying. wouldn't say it's searing. Uh, dude, that's like, you get, you get a C for using oh, oh, the, annoying C, heat, the annoying oh, heat shit. in Singapore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the annoying heat. They're like, I don't, I don't get the, the vivid picture of what you mean by annoying heat. Annoying also, heat. You, something, you want something a little more bombastic. Uh. Yeah, sweltering more bombastic, or the searing heat. Flabbergasting. Flabbergasting. They could cook an omelette on the road. Uh. Yeah. yeah, they could cook an omelette. No, and like Singapore is is even like if you look globally, right, there's certain parts mm-hmm. in Spain where the temperature right now is 10 to 15 degrees higher than what it normally is. No? What wow. the hell? That's because crazy. there's there's apparently a mass of hot dry air blowing in from Africa carrying with it dust from the Sahara uh, and it's 10 to 15 degrees above the, nation, the seasonal average. It's crazy. Mm. It's, yeah, that's kind of poetic because yeah, we have a lot of people in Singapore also blowing hot air. Uh, you know, to use the <laughs> okay, term, okay, right? let's just get into it. <laughs> I also can always yeah. I also can yeah, wait. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but and, before uh, that, I, uh, but yeah, yeah, before that, what's the one thing we need to plug? Um, our Yalabad YouTube channel just crossed a thousand subscribers. Mm. Um, stealthily, I mean, also, stealthily, I must add. Stealthily, yeah. I um, mean, I, when I say stealthily, it means that yeah, like, we're not monitoring it very closely, like, like how Desmond. Desmond Lee is monitoring, you know, uh, housing prices. We're not yeah, monitoring yeah. our YouTube subscribers very closely. So to me, it felt very stealthy. Yeah. Thousand subscribers there. I mean, we're also on TikTok and Instagram, but um, yeah, just check us out on other platforms, especially if 
if you have faced issues listening to the full podcast because of like streaming issues, which we are rectifying in parallel. Uh, the full podcast mm. always on YouTube, courtesy of our teammate Tristan. Um, yeah. So, so yeah. yeah. All right. And in case you're asking, like, who the hell listens to podcasts on YouTube? Uh, actually, a lot of people do that, right? Like, yeah, that's dude. what we found. See, I I have stuff to say about that, but I really was excited about getting into the topic. Then you have to throw oh, in okay, that one step, which I will say because apparently a report at the end of last year reported that mm. more people listen to podcasts on YouTube than Spotify in the US. Can you mm. believe that? Yeah, yeah. Okay, man. Welcome, welcome to enough. the Gen Z world. Yeah. Yes. E- enough with the with the small talk, <laughs> man. We're gonna yeah, we're gonna bring you deep into fucking Jurassic, like Jurassic Gen Z, like Jurassic with a Z, Jurassic <laughs> Park, uh. Uh, the real Gen Z world uh, that, that we never yeah. knew existed. But yes, what is yeah. this topic? It is, um, okay, so if if you have browsed the internet and whatnot at any point, um, you may have heard about the drama going around about a certain tuition center founder, mm. la, um, mm-hmm. Brooke Lim, um, who goes by the moniker of Sugar-esque on social media. So mm. there's a whole drama that's been unfolding and articles being written about it by Straits Times, CNA, Rice Media. Um, South China Morning Post, dude. South yeah. China Morning Post, Daily Mail. So yeah, it's international mm. already. Uh, yeah. Basically on the case of uh, plagiarism, which she's accused uh, and I guess to a certain extent proven of doing, no, actually proven because she came out proven. and admitted it also. Yeah. Um, it was relating to a long blog post she wrote on her blog about dealing with an eating disorder. Mm. Um. But for context, right, um, she, she's actually been in the media for quite a while because I think within two years by last year, as a 19-year-old, she mm. had 185,000 followers on TikTok, on Instagram, maybe like 20K more. Um, mm. And in school, in RGC, she used to vlog about her daily life, like, you know, as a student. But mm-hmm. coming out, um, she started like a tuition service in December 2022. And within a few months, she had like 100 plus uh, students la. and now mm. it's grown and there were many articles written at the end of last year saying that she made over $200,000 in revenue just from her tuition center la, called a classical mm. club which yep. specializes in general paper for mm. A-level students which is writing yeah. you know the art yeah. of writing the art of communicating uh, uh, your, your emotions your feelings your thoughts and not using words like just annoying weather la, you know <laughs> So, so I mean, she's quite an influencer. She's got she's mm. got quite a, a strong following, and mm. she's had a lot of articles written about her being this nineteen year old person who is you know really starting a business, took a gap year, mm. like put up on a pedestal, mm. and um, and applying yeah. for overseas colleges and all that like, right in the in the interim as well. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um, and I think yeah, she's in the midst of applying to UCLA, which is a very prestigious university. But uh, about a week ago, there was an um uh, an a TikTok account that started posting um excerpts from her essay on the writing disorder that seemed on to the be from eating eating disorder, not writing disorder. Oh fuck! Yeah, oh, that, was a, that, was a, that was a Freudian slip, man. <laughs> There's a Freudian slip right there. Holy crap! Yeah, <laughs> eating disorder. Yes. Um, that sound uh, sounded similar to uh, a few books, lah, and. Somehow, I'm not so sure whether they crowdsourced or they went down a, a, a rabbit hole of their own. They put together a very, very, very comprehensive Google Doc that is, I don't fucking know how many pages, but at least mm. like 20 pages. Yeah. Um, yeah. With, uh, with examples of excerpts from uh, Brooks' one essay, and not just, not just that essay, um, mm. 
written interviews she's done in the media, blog posts, uh, copywriting examples on her company's website, and put it mm. side by side. Mm. Mm. Then, right. since then, she's issued a few apologies. Uh, even Rice Media wrote about an apology. But what made you want to talk about this, Terence? No, yeah, I mean, this came out in my newsfeed. And I think some someone even suggested this topic on our Yalabad subreddit like, this week. Mm, a few friends as well, like, yeah. Yeah, I was like, uh, okay, like, it's just another case of local influencer, you know, doing some whatever, plagiarizing, whatever, like, you know. But um, mm. so, yeah, I, I didn't think much about it until I think you suggested this topic today. Then I looked at it, I was like, oh, wait a second. Like, this is, you remember the the days of Hash Dalau, mm. right? When we, yeah, the 19 year old, when Tech in Asia did a huge expose on him uh, being in the Forbes 30 under 30 list and, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know, having all these vaporware companies that uh, were supposedly making like millions in revenue and then really discovering that they, they were, did they even exist? La? Um, so, yeah, in this instance, that I'm not saying that she's a harsh dollar, but in this instance, what, what surprised me was that, oh, there's already, it's not like she just she just exists only on TikTok and all she does is just influence people with photos and videos and stuff like that. But she actually runs a very successful business, a tuition agency that mm. is teaching what it seems to be a lot of uh, you know young people how to score for general paper, lah, right? Mm. And general paper is seen as um, you know the the subject, I guess that that is meant to also teach people like a bit about the thinking about moral values and things like that. So mm. for her to have built a business based on her brand of teaching people how to write essays, how to write original essays that, that can help you score in school, for her to be discovered to have been plagiarizing so blatantly. Uh, and I, I did look through some of the screenshots and everything. It is very blatant. Like, I don't think you can deny that it was plagiarizing or what. Like. And she herself has come out and said she, oh, she's very sorry. She wants to apologize to all the authors. Uh, so yeah, it, it realized that, oh, I realized that, oh, this is more than just about someone plagiarizing something from a book or what. It's about someone building a brand, a whole business around, and a whole image around herself that she's this original thinker, entrepreneur, you know, go-getter, blah, 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 but who was taking the efforts and works of others to, to help her build that brand uh, without cre- properly crediting them or even anything. So it, it's really about the ethics of, of doing it as well, uh. So, mm, so that's why yeah. I was like, okay, this is a pretty interesting discussion to have. Like, like did, has she done something that is so irretrievably wrong that, that you know, she we shouldn't be uh, letting our kids go to her for GP tuition or what, like, right? Mm-hmm. And but how I mean, about you? Like, why, why are you so excited about this? Is it because you saw her photos on her TikTok or what? And... In your, trapped, in your daily... Trapped by the thirst trap, is it? Because, yeah. I mean, she's, she's a, she's a good-looking person. Right. Uh, she's very. Mm. Uh, she's got that whole influencer yeah. vibe. Like. Yeah, I think to to clarify, her 180 over thousand followers on TikTok is not because she gives GP tips on her TikTok, like, Right. Yeah. It's primarily lifestyle, you know, photos, videos, and things like that that she puts on TikTok, like. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, the reason why I wanted to talk about it is because my initial thought was that I mean. It's it's natural, uh, you know, when someone is nineteen year old, nineteen years old, enjoying that much success, there will be haters. Mm, uh, mm. I won't deny when I read the article last year, I was like, "Fuck, nineteen years old doing this shit, I'm twice the age." Like blah blah, and like blah blah. What was I doing at nineteen? You know those thoughts, those mm, thoughts mm. 
feel me like but but I mean you can't deny based on what was written last year that okay she's she's super uh successful a real hustler and okay, like you can you you look you you do that old uncle look like you know okay this this girl is gonna go places so mm, when mm. I first saw this I thought it was gonna be a bunch of just hateful shit like, spiteful mm. shit people over dramatizing shit um and and because unfortunately now the tuition center space because there are other tuition centers started by uh influencers as well like. Mm. It, it it feels like it's reaching the drama level of what like YouTube drama was or Instagram drama, which by this point I'm like fuck all this lah. Okay, fuck so, all this. Yeah, fuck all this. <laughs> so mm. so when when I re- read it up, I was like okay lah, it's gonna be some some meaningless baseless claims lah. But when mm. I saw the Google Doc right, I was like oh my god. Um, so mm. just to give an example of some of the things that Terence mentions lah. So, um, that, that one essay uh, on being afraid of eating, which was published on 18 April on Brooks' blog, which is no longer available. Mm. Um, basically, the one essay, the empty um, a memoir by Susan Burton, they would, she would write a line like, on the morning of my first day of school, I stood on the pebbly white surface of the bathroom scale. What Brooke wrote, on the first morning of the September holidays, I stood naked on the pastel green surface of the bathroom scale. Um, and the whole paragraph, like, um, there's, there's, um, like it, even that whole paragraph goes on, and it is very similar. Like the first one is mm. lighter than I've ever been in adolescence. Brooke is lighter than I've ever been in adolescence. Um, I didn't see the peril. I didn't see the danger. Then even some like um, let me see. Uh, there was one about uh, there were times. Yeah, there were times I ate so much food that I worried something bad could happen to my body. There were times I mm. ate so much food that I worried something bad could happen to my body. So there were instances of literal, just copy and paste. Mm, um, mm, mm. And then that's the essay. And yeah. then when you look at the video, the, the written interviews with uh, the media publication, I can't remember, it is um, CNA or something. Mm, uh, mm. So yeah, the ladies queue. Ah, okay, not, not uh, CNA, but the, it's an entrepreneur series. Yeah. So, mm. she copied stuff from an interview by Whitney Wolfhard, who is the founder of Bumble, about, mm. you know, women's issues and, and, and certain responses to that. Lah. Then there are other GP essays which Brooke has shared before, which also copies from other articles. The copy mm. on her website, like the mm. FAQs, uh, these people have taken PDF screenshots also and uploaded that. Lah. So, mm. when you look at it, you're like, oh, damn. Um, it, it is damning, lah. But then even then, right, you know, when we do our our website copy and like for folklore and re- writing the descriptions, I don't deny looking at other websites, you know. Mm, um, mm. But you can be inspired, but to copy wholeheartedly like that is next level. Uh. But then, mm. like what you said, you know, she's in the business of teaching people to write creatively and originally. Mm. Then mm. I was like, oh my God. And then you realize two years ago, she accused another tuition center of plagiarism. Mm, mm, that's right. And then, it, and then you watch her apology video. So, so, I mean, just based on that, I was like, oh my God. That's why we needed to push back the start time of this podcast because we were like, if I need 10 more minutes. If yeah, I, it's like two, five minutes. Like, it's like two uncles suddenly discovering TikTok and then like, yeah. oh fuck, like, I've got to figure out how this app works. You know, but, but the truth is there's a lot of content out there talking about her, right? So, that's what we're trying to consume. Yeah. And, and I mean, another thing is that if you read the articles that have been written based off her apology, you watch her apology videos, she's actually very eloquent. Mm. And very articulate. And when I read the Rice Media piece, I almost felt a little like, okay, la, you know, 
She's owning up to her mistakes. She's 19. Mm. Um, she's running a business. She has employees. She has hundreds of students. Her apology is better than a lot of other apologies out there. Mm, mm. Then I got confused. And then this. So so that was my my thought, my evolution of thought process. Mm, mm. Uh, you, you, you said her apology is better than other other pol- apologies, are you saying? Maybe her written apology in Rice Media, like during the I interview. Think, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think you need, need to yeah. differentiate. Yeah, I need to differentiate the Rice Media interview from yeah. the video that she has put out on TikTok as well. Because yeah. actually, watching her apology video on TikTok, I felt that it it wasn't very sincere, Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's two different. Yeah, very, two very different. Yeah, very things. different vibes. It may, it may be because Rice Media, uh, was also knows what questions to ask, so right, and to to mm. get that that correct sound. But but when she she was making. She makes her own apology video. Um, she references the instances of her plagiarizing as, you know, I was, you know, I was, I think, I, I can't, I'm paraphrasing, I'm paraphrasing. Let me just put it on mm. But I think she was saying that she was inspired by a lot of these things that she, she's not inspired by, she, yeah, she's been inspired by a lot of these things that she wrote, uh, she read, and maybe in some way she has, uh, Ended up taking the ideas from there and and lifting them and and without realizing what she was doing like you know, so mm. I found that to be a bit disingenuous because when you really look at the text, there is a very clear effort on her part when she wrote the when she took, lifted the text and then put it in her own blog post. It's very clear effort to lift. I mean the basic structure of how it's written, but just change minor words here and there like, right. Mm. Which is not even it's not even I don't wouldn't even consider that paraphrasing. Uh, it's just basically changing small details. Uh. I think yeah. when you paraphrase, you actually change the sentence structure or what and, and it's a bit different. So um And she contextualized uh, like someone had she once loved tacos and chili. She put she once mm. loved nuggets and spicy samosas. Yeah, yeah, things like that. Yeah. So it intellectually that's an act of uh, it's an act of theft, uh, like intellectual theft when you take someone's words and, 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 you know, the way you structure everything and put them as your own, right? Mm. Uh, so, I felt, and she said, I mean, but yeah, she said she she owns up to everything, she apologized to it, but she also subsequently says, oh, you know, in no way was that blog post monetized or was it, was I earning money or anything from it? But, like I mentioned at the very start is that uh, all this that she's doing, writing well, all that is part of her brand, right? Her brand that helps her be, you know, market herself as a very good GP tutor in a GP tuition center. So you gotta be, you gotta question like if, I mean, which is something that the, the sugar-esque essay, which is the account that broke this thing, right? Mm. They, they say that if this person is, even for a blog post would plagiarize, like literally plagiarize from like five different books and all that. Like what about the essays, you know? What about the essays that, that they are, they are teaching people to write and things like that? What does it say about her as a person and, and, and the ethics around like uh, plagiarizing for, for academic work, for your for your university admission essays and, and even your job your job uh your job interviews, you know, the cover letters and things you have to write as well. Uh, mm. uh which I think is a legitimate question mark uh, question, right? Like like when people when you plagiarize something within your own field that in which you're making money from that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. And and uh, I think uh just to add on to to everything. So even after this whole plagiarism story broke and all, I think so, there are some other in TikTok influencers who have come forward 
and accused her of even stealing their content from TikTok to use as social media tips on her website. Uh, mm. So apparently, I think she, I think on the, the, the tuition center's website, they charge, I think, $15 to be able to view more exclusive content on the website. And I think, I believe, I've not paid the $15 myself, but I believe a lot of the tips are uh, more short-form social media kind of uh, clips, uh, right? Mm. And uh, there apparently there's a whole business of um, young influencers on TikTok who are, you know, give advice on general paper, give advice on, you know, acing your job interview, give advice on uh, being a young entrepreneur in Singapore and all that. Uh, so the the one in, uh, that I'm talking about is I think is is the account is Ge Jia Pao Jia Pao's mm. insights uh, mm. where she has uh, in the recent days put up videos really accusing um, Brooklyn of of plagiarizing her content uh, right mm. on on TikTok so yeah. it's it's I think this is a develop still a developing story where maybe more people might come forward but it it tells you that it's not just about that one block essay uh, it's a lot of yeah. different things a lot of different facets that. Uh, that people are, you know, they are upset about lah. But then, bro, Brooke, Brooke already got a video debunking Jia Pao's claims, <laughs> which yeah. goes line by line, uh, yeah. debunking Jia Pao's claims of her plagiarism. So yeah. So I mean, yeah, like, like I think it's very important you point out that the what you read on like articles like Rice and the original video are, are very different lah because, mm. um, you know, like she never. Like she, like what you said, right? The plagiarism is not just you have this idea brewing in your head. Sometimes, you know, like we've thought of video ideas, we have written stuff. Sometimes you even forget that if it's a one-off thing that's in your head, then maybe you really remember you factor it in. If someone points it out, you might be like, oh shit, yes, that was from that movie. But hers seemed very, very strategic and very, very planned. And there's even a screen recording that they got of her talking to her students, I think, when about mm. that essay, saying, you know, this is this is more or less mine. I mean, it's not fully mine. I sent I sent all my essays to my tutors to help me edit it. So, but at no point did she mention that uh, crediting and all that. But mm. what? Why I find like ugh, like this whole thing is is damn weird because it is it is reaching that point of of influencership in an industry that. Maybe last time also you had star tutors, lah, right? Mm, mm, but do, with, yeah. I remember when we were growing up, there was what? Uh, Chan, Chan, Charlie Chan. Charlie Chan. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Charlie Chan. And wow, I was you a student hear, of Charlie Chan. So, yeah. You were a student of Charlie Chan. Yeah, then yeah, you realize it's a cult. Is it? No, no, no. I, 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 the, he was good. I think he was good. He was good. Yeah. I, I, good. I, would, I would attribute my getting A in physics and, and all that to him. Lah, yeah. Yeah, I had one Malay tuition teacher in primary school who after three lessons, she didn't come back. So, <laughs> you were the problem. You were the problem. <laughs> I don't know why, no. Like, primary school, I was such a wuss. I was an obedient kid. I don't know why the hell she didn't come back. I don't know. I don't know. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so that, that's just childhood trauma. La. That's um, a whole but, podcast by itself. Like, <laughs> going to, I could help Malay- you lay out all the details about why. La. <laughs> The Malay tuition teacher who never came back. I cannot yeah. ghosted, no, bro. Mm, I cannot ghosted by a Malay tuition teacher. Yeah, mm-hmm. but but anyway, this so this one the the thing is it is it is going into that zone already. That whole thing about influencers. I mean, some of the comments are they're like, oh, another non qualified influencer offering a service. What mm. makes her qualified? Then it's like, uh, no lah, that that's not a fair statement. Mm. But it does reek of like what you say lah, that harsh dalal thing. Like, what are you? 
are you even selling a proper product or is it the packaging? Because the way they market their mm. company, they hold certain lessons in Mandarin Oriental, no, where they subsidize the cost for the students. And yeah. she has been quoted saying, I, I want to show them like what ambition can give you. Like. And then she's on a elevated platform and and teaching and all. And I think she she but she also subsequently clarified that it, that was um it was because it was also during the pandemic mm. where a lot of students didn't couldn't have their prom. You know, prom usually takes place in a hotel ballroom and all that, mm, like, right? Mm, mm, so mm. she wanted to just give them that experience, which I thought, okay, I mean quite if nice, you, la, right? Quite it's nice. quite nice. And if you're not charging them extra for this, fine, you know, take the publicity and and, and do it la, but it's not it's not a bad thing, like yeah. But but what 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 I feel ugh, about is that ultimately I mean she even said in her apology video that she has given um she has sent emails to all her students and if they want a full refund they will be refunded no questions asked even though on Reddit there are some people saying yeah hey, I never receive email but mm. that's just 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 hearsay like. but what worries me is that I don't know how receptive like um parents would be to this case because a lot of it exists online right mm. I mean mm. we live in the world of online and I didn't know the rabbit hole was so deep. Yeah. Um, and how much they would see this whole thing as a red flag mm-hmm. um, because to me it's a it's a big ass red flag la. you know like mm. if the teacher you're sending or the school you're sending your kids to have the founder is so methodical about plagiarizing for her own essay right mm. something feels a bit off la, but I have a feeling that it's really not going to change much yeah. and that's yeah. what worries me yeah, and, and you know, the, the one thing that uh, maybe is a bit harder for you and me to talk about because we are both guys, like, right, is the fact that the blog post is not just a blog post about current affairs or anything. It's a blog post about someone's personal experience with an eating disorder, like, right? Mm. Um, And to take other people's experiences and use them and to lift them and use them in, on your own, I feel it's a really... I mean, doesn't even bother on insen- It's not even insensitive. It's just, it's just like really asshole behavior, like, right? Yeah. To to take someone's uh, sad story and 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 you know like personal experience with struggling with a uh, eating disorder, and to pass that off as your own just by changing a few details, it's 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 really distasteful, like, right? To say the least. And she didn't do it to one. She did it to five. Um, things she mentioned in an apology video. Oh, uh, you know, maybe I should have given them credit and all that. But that's the thing. It's not you're not writing a dissertation or an essay for school. You're writing something that's that was someone else's personal lived experience. You see, mm. so it's like it's like someone taking your experience with your grandmother, like you know, and then saying that oh, that was my grandmother, and that's how how you know how it was in the past, like, Right? Mm, There's just mm. something about it that feels really intrusive to to any survivor of this kind of like uh, traumatic experience and all which which you know like like for me if, if you know someone were to take my kind of traumatic experiences I had with like, losing my child or that and then pass that off as their own saying that they are, they know how it feels like, I'll be really really uh, not just insulted but it's very hurtful like, right when mm. people do that and, and almost like cheapens your own ex- uh, no not say cheapens but like um, it just makes light of your own experience like, right so yeah that's where I feel like that's the part that a lot of people are not talking about as well is that it's not just any kind of plagiarizing it's it's taking someone else's lived experiences and passing it off as your own which is I mean it's like Anna Delvey it's almost like inventing Anna levels of like uh, bullshit already right but even Anna Delvey you can argue that she was targeting you know the investors who like Mm. banks you Mm. know and like Mm. all this 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 part of elite society I think what you said is a very very important point that she 
even in the uh to a telegram group she when she shared this she said i want to be more vulnerable online mm, mm, you know mm. and and you, to do that then it almost makes it seem like okay did you actually suffer from a eating disorder mm. and it calls into question her own experience but like what you said right is then it becomes like a commodity like that you're using for mm. marketing material yeah, because it's a victimhood, it's a victimhood uh, tour, lah, right? Victimhood tour, yeah. yeah. And then you apologize, and then part of me was also thinking, like, okay, the fact that she's nineteen, should it should she mm. be given a bit more room to to fuck up and you know atone for her mistakes and shit like that? Do you mm. do you think it makes a difference? Um. Yeah. So that's why I was really like hoping that in the apology video that there wouldn't be some half-assed justification for what she did, lah. But like I mentioned, there, there were some half-assed justifications for what she did, which I mm. didn't appreciate. Like, I think if you screw up, you screwed up. And uh, obviously, if, if you're still trying to build some narrative around it, like that you did it innocently or whatever, uh, or naively, or, you know, that because I was, it was such a traumatizing thing, I want to be, I want to, you know, write it as clearly as I can. And I was, you know, I happened to be inspired by a lot of things I wrote. Then, then I, it's just disingenuous, really. La. It's not yeah. really a, a real apology to me. Yeah. But the fact that she's 19? I think it's even, uh, it's even a bigger worry to me that she's 19 and she's really doing this. La. Right? Like, I brought up Hash Dalau because it tells you that that uh, there's a whole, I mean, the entire generation of, of people who grew up online who realize that that they they understand the game of playing different personas online and 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 you know how many people are going to fact check what I put online and, and as as real and all that and that just makes me very you know as an older person who maybe grew up half analog half digital right you know you mm. and I we grew up in the days of like uh, VCRs and all that and then we transitioned Walkman, to the internet yeah, wow. yeah we we lit I mean I I literally accessed the internet first in the computer lab in school right I'm all, mm. I'm from that generation you see. Uh, that so to me it's like um, yeah they're they're so capable of of doing this, they're, and then they get publicity from doing it, and even when shit fucks up, they you know they they try to control the narrative by putting up videos and making like I said half-assed justifications about it. It's just I mean it's quite worrying to me the kind of signal it sends also to the entire generation especially someone who is very influential like her like, right a GP tutor mm. and all that as well yeah. what kind of, because there are a lot of people in the comments who are still supporting her yeah. you know saying so many. oh you know yeah she made a mistake she apologized really why are you all still here commenting and blah, blah blah things like that but not realizing that you know the yeah what kind of values are you uh, is she imparting to the to the kids that spend hours every week with her like, right yeah. she can do such a thing and, and justify it so like so dismissively almost like. yeah and I mean there's even a, a Vulcan Post article back from 2022 talking about um, that whole case where Brooke accused another no there was an anonymous TikTok account that accused another tuition center of plagiarizing Brooke la, you know and hmm. and yeah like I think I can't remember if Brooke was public about that but uh, it, it, the plagiarism thing between tuition centers has already been a uh, 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 nash like drama in the news, and mm. I would imagine as a GP teacher, one of the biggest things if you're writing is plagiarism. Mm. It's almost like uh, if you are I don't know if you are a sh- a chef, don't use don't don't dip don't lick the food, you know don't yeah. lick the food, you know. But yeah, in no, your, and, in, and you 
I mean, yeah. university, it's a very, very big deal, right? It's a big-ass like, deal. It's a huge deal when you turn in an essay and it turns out like if you've lifted parts from a book or what and you haven't properly cited it or even made it clear that it's it's a it's a quote or anything, it's uh, it's seen as... it's it, You could fail a course straight away, like, right, basically, if you're yeah. found out doing that. It's seen as a you very, could be very... I mean, you could dis- be expelled. Yeah, intellectually dishonest, uh, intellectually dishonest. Uh, it, it calls into question your integrity, like, basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and I mean, initially I was thinking, okay, she's 19, but the more we talk about it, the, the less sympathy I have because because mm. she has benefited from being a public figure. You know, mm. it's not say, mm. like, like you know, let's say that Charles and Keith go, uh, Zoe, I think, mm. she mm. was not a public figure until she blew up. And even then she was posted a very innocent video, like, but mm. for people who become overnight a public figure, I have a lot more sympathy because like, you just do something stupid. Like. Mm. But for this, mm. she has leveraged her, her personal public profile um, and been very, very conscious about marketing herself a certain way. Like. Mm. So to mm. do this, right, to me is a big-ass red flag. Um, I hope parents um, kind of like, um, like are aware of this because like what you said, you know, 19 years old, yeah, she understands the system. She understands the psychology yeah. of people. And even then, your apology also is like, um, I mean, to be honest, you know, like, like in some way, we also are public figures, right? Uh, in the sense that we have public profile, public persona. And I always mm. wonder, right, if someone digs up something where I'm like, oh my God, I fucked up big time. What will my mm. apology be? Mm, um, mm. I think the first golden rule is like don't make it seem like you're an innocent like you weren't aware that that your stuff is out there in public like, I hate that mm. shit like. yeah. there, there are a lot of perks that come with being a public figure but when you when you play the innocent card when you've been doing it for years I want a bit tough to swallow like. unless okay I'm not saying I'm not saying that's a blanket statement but mm. I'm saying based on her apology video you know not exactly going into detail like what made her plagiarize yeah. And just using the whole I was naive thing for an essay that was published last week, no? Mm-hmm. Or two right. weeks ago. Yeah. And so, uh, oh yeah, like, you, if, you, if you really, really, if this really floats your boat and you want to get into the weeds of it, there's a fuck lot ton, ton of weeds to get into, <laughs> like, right? <laughs> they, I mean, that account even like, like it keeps track via like timestamps. Every five that. minutes. Is yeah, the edits, the edits that Brooklyn was making to her blog post to remove the parts that she plagiarized. And then eventually she took down, I mean, or she blocked the whole thing or whatever. Lah, right? So if you really, really want to get in the weeds like that, uh, there's a lot to... You bring your bring your parang with you, lah, basically. Yeah. That's what I have to say. And then the, yeah. even the... You know, the other influencer that I mentioned, the TikTok influencer who... Does content Jia Pao, right? Yeah. Mm. Uh, she made a, she's made a few videos like detailing the instances that she thinks uh, you know Brooklyn plagiarized from her la. and I just found one part that I thought was damn funny because uh, I think I think Tia Pao has I think I believe she's taken a few gap years it's not just one gap year but she's taken a few gap years after school to you know pursue this uh, content creator life a little bit la. and then mm. she's like I think at one point she was almost like taunting like Brooklyn she's 19 you know how old I'm? I'm 23, you know. I'm 23. That's the difference between you and me. I have that life experience that allows me to talk about things in GP and all that. And I'm like, what? <laughs> At 23, I was still drooling and like, you know, like, uh, still like trying to get out of my bed and not playing video games and stuff. So I was like, 
Wow, like, is that difference between 19 and 23 really so big that it, it makes a, a big deal? But I guess I, I in mean, the world of 19, TikTok influencing, yeah. it's, it's a big deal. Like, yeah. No, and when you're 19, four years, bigger difference, lah, you know? Like if you're huge, a 23-year-old yeah, person dating a 19-year-old, people are like, oh, that's younger. <laughs> you know, but if you're 57 years old dating a 54, people will be like, yeah, so what, you know? Yeah, yeah. But the, I mean, yeah, I, kids, <laughs> kids, I think kids, like, uh, just remember that that one-year gap between you and your senior, it, it eventually... It becomes it negligible matter. after a few, uh, <laughs> once you enter your like 20s and 30s. Uh, yeah. yeah, but that that doesn't mean that you go and look at like some 12-year-old now and say, okay, in, in 20 years, that person will be okay for me. No, okay. <laughs> Don't think about that shit. Okay, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. no. But, but yeah, so... But what's I the, mean, what's the, I mean, ultimately, you know, like there's a lot of people who listen to our podcast who are from a bit older parents or anything like that. What do you think is the big takeaway from this whole thing that they should, they should get lah. If they're not willing to, you know, brave wear their uh, army fatigues and carry the parang and jump into the weeds of this thing. I mean, it's almost like if, if any company or person sounds too good to be true, right? Just, just be a little like, hmm, is it? Really? Yeah, is it? Just, just mm. I think, especially when it comes to marketing uh, products to like, like children and kids, not to say be super skeptical, but maybe just, 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 be a little more wary mm. you know and I, I think wary. it's just an important thing to teach your kids as well right the people the people that they place on pedestals and worship and and, and as you know like uh, oh so I respect this person so much you know yeah. uh, I think it's very dangerous to you know just based on someone's TikTok uh, reach or the articles that are written about their media it's very dangerous to just uh, base your your opinion of them on those things, like because as we've we know and as we've discovered, they're so easily manipulated, like, right? You know, mm. um, and if not again, if not for other influencers on TikTok calling it out and all that, I don't think this issue would have ever have come to light, like, right? Yeah, um, and- mainstream media is not going to cover it. Uh, complaining to case or whatever is not going to do shit for you, you know. So you just have to really teach your kid to to. I mean, in the spirit of general paper, you know, approach things with a critical mind, right? Mm, mm. Don't don't take yeah. everything at face value, lah. Yeah. And just so happened that yesterday we had lunch with a with a lawyer friend, and um, like he was saying, you know, like in certain industries, you know, your your reputation, like people people like can, you, your reputation kind of can can give you a little wiggle room in the event of like, okay, you get a little something off. People value your past experience and, and your values and your integrity. La. Then he asked mm. us about media. And the more I thought about it, the media space or content creation space is so weird because it's almost like your clout, your followers mean more than everything else. And mm. I think if someone has a million followers in Singapore, they can meet someone, punch them in the face, it goes public, they hold a meet and greet the next week and a lot of people will come. La. Because mm. there's almost like the, the, the fact that a million people follow follow someone almost elevates them and, and is it judges their character to be to be positive la, which mm. which is not really the the a benchmark at all la, you know yeah, uh, yeah. And, and and that's where it's a little weird like you hear so many like um uh, people with followings both in the business world content creator world where you have maybe questionable values but mm. they're still like super popular la. and that always so, so if you have a so if you have a friend you know who has a kid in school and they're like, oh, you know, I heard of this tuition agency, classical, very popular and all that. La. Then mm. quite good. La. All the students come out and get A's. What will you tell them? What will you tell them to do? 
I'll say, oh, do you know the the founder was caught with like very blatant plagiarism? And uh-huh. I mean, um, you can watch her apology, apology video and all that. And you you are the guy that you whip, right? out, you whip out the apology video and show no, no, them. No, 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 no. Uh, I, won't, I won't whip it out and show it there. Maybe I'll send the link or I'll send uh-huh. something. But I mean, if after that they still choose, I mean, for all we know, they, they might really be providing a good service. You know, you mm. send your kid there. Uh, it's like the case, like, you know, like let's say you have a doctor who's, a, who's, who's an asshole, you know. Um, yeah. Okay, but then it becomes tricky because she's literally teaching them the art of writing. Okay, but mm. whatever. Mm. Maybe the company still provides value. If they want to make that choice, sure. But I think as long as they know and then they make the choice. La. Yeah. And then next yeah. time, whenever they send me a message, I will just copy their message and send it back. And I'm like, oh, yeah, sorry, sorry. You're okay yeah. with plagiarizing, right? <laughs> For your kids. So, yeah, 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 yeah. I plagiarize your message. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I think, yeah, la, what you need to do is provide the information uh, about what has happened, la, right? But ultimately, the decision is theirs, you know? Yeah, uh, ultimately, decision but, yeah. is theirs. But remember, yeah, remember this, oh. this. If you are caught in university plagiarizing, you could you could even be expelled from school. Yeah, this is not a, something to be taken lightly, it, it, when you t- especially when you're talking about academics, la, right? Exactly. Yeah. So exactly. if you care about your kids, uh, you know, the values that they, the, the lessons they learn and what the values they bring with them into university where you have much less oversight over how they, how they do things, then, uh, yeah, you, you do need to think about that like, and why maybe uh, it's not a good idea to, mm. you know, to, to, to look past these plagiarism uh, accusations. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man. Yes. Well, rabbit hole one. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know, uh, I think that the, the, this big hoo-ha-ha in Singapore is uh is, is smaller compared to the 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 breadth of this other bruhaha that we're talking about. Because mm. uh, this one it goes back, it spans back into history and 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 culture and geography and skin color, right? Mm. So what what is this topic about? It is um around the recent Netflix show, um, the casting of the person who plays Cleopatra in a new documentary series. Mm. So it's it's arriving in the month of May. I think there were some trailers that were out. Um, and the Egypt, yeah, there's been a debate in Egypt like, that has been sparked because mm. uh, apparently Cleopatra was light-skinned, but mm. in the documentary series, she's casted as being dark-skinned. Mm-hmm. And of course, it doesn't help that the show is produced and narrated by Jada Pinkett-Smith. Who um, yeah. isn't the most doesn't have the most positive reputation like, after the little kerfuffle at last year's Oscars? Yeah. So when you see this, yeah, like, you're like, oh, this is a mother rabbit hole. Yeah, like, like yeah, like it goes back centuries, like. Mm-hmm. And but why do you want to talk about this? Um, I think because it's an interesting. Uh, well, this uh, you you're asking me like it's a GP question at that. Yeah. Uh it's an amalgamation of like a lot of different uh issues that are going on uh whether in the West and, and the rest of the world as well, right? Mm. Because I th- okay, firstly I think like uh you know, this this I think we have to clarify that this is not a fictionalized story, like it's a documentary, right? So it purports to be, you know, uh talking about historically significant events and all. So I think the representation or accuracy of, of how things are depicted is pretty important, right? That's, mm. that's one thing. Um, second thing is that, actually, from what I understand, the, the race, racial makeup of uh, 
Cleopatra and all, it's still it's still up for a lot of scholarly debate, no? Like there's mm. still a lot of different scholarly opinions about it. Uh it's not fixed. But um the sense I get is that people in Egypt are angry because yeah, this 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 whole that part of the history and everything is being dragged into these cultural wars that are happening in the US, lah, right? Mm. Uh about black representation in, in media and things like that. So so that's the part that is riling a lot of people in Egypt. But because I think in Egypt it's a from what I understand, race and skin color, all that, it's a much more uh fluid kind of uh the the idea of it is much more fluid, lah, right? It's mm. not so clearly segmented as it is in the US, where where racial issues have really come to the fore in the last decade or so, lah, right? So, mm. so that's where people in Egypt are really up in arms about this, that part of history is now being uh, dragged in these cultural wars that are taking place in America as well. Uh. Yeah, because cause like what you said, like, it's, not, it's not really confirmed what she looked like. Mm. Uh, there's a lot of scholarly debate about the fact that, I mean, she was born in 69 uh, AD, I believe. So mm. at that point in time, it was, um, the one argument is that, you know, clear up, Petra ruled in Egypt long before the Arab settlement in North Africa. If the maternal side of her family were indigenous women, they would have been African. And this should have, should be reflected in contemporary representations of, of um, Cleopatra. Um, mm. And then there are the counter saying that, um, okay, so uh, she, uh, let's see. Uh, I mean, some people saying that whether the, the skin is, is less about the racial issue, but more about being factually correct mm. uh, and those are some 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 of the uh, arguments about how to think about this la. because mm. but I mean I, I couldn't find anything that really talks about uh, what she was supposed to to look like la, right it's either depictions on on hieroglyphics or or mm. actually what, what 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 literature is there that talks about her uh, skin color I, I don't know much, about right? skin color per se but they say that she's Macedonian Greek la, right Mm. Meaning more likely that she was she was blonde and uh, and and probably uh, lighter skin and all that, right? Mm. So the, uh, so that, that's another thing, right? Where where skin color and race and all that, uh, these are actually these can actually be very separate uh, issues, lah, right? Skin mm. color, race, nationality, all these things. These are separate spheres, lah, But it seems like uh, a lot of a lot of uh, that is now overlapping in what in the casting of the show la, right yeah and the discussion that, that and, and the controversy that is also uh, causing now la. but I mean the the person who plays Cleopatra herself is uh, let's see, oh sorry Cleopatra was born uh, in 69 BC not AD mm. um, but the person who was casted as Cleopatra is is actually biracial you know uh, mm. Adele James because mm. part of me was like, okay, could this have been avoided? Uh, mm. This is not the first time that a historical show, be it a documentary or a film or a TV show, has has kind of found itself in the waters of like, uh, what did someone look like back then, right? Mm. Uh, and is there anything that could have prevented this sort of thing? Like, like you cast someone who could almost be like, like a, I mean, for lack of a better option, like Meghan Markle, for example. Mm-hmm. Mm. Is she no? But she's still seen. I mean, she's biracial, right? Biracial, um, yeah, yeah. But even then, okay, like skin color would still be an issue. Yeah. So, 
I don't know, man. Like, how else to? Maybe you do half the show in <laughs> with someone in one color, then half the half the show in someone in another color. <laughs> I mean, Elizabeth Taylor played Cleopatra in the sixties, right? Sixties like, different, lah. Yeah, yeah. So, so I think that's people who are pulling that up as you know. Oh, how about what about back then when Elizabeth Taylor? It's it's difficult because those are that was a very different era, very different time as well, right? Yeah, um, I think there's also some people say, how about uh, you know, like um, didn't Eddie Redmayne? He didn't he play? He's like a straight straight male and everything, and didn't he play like a transgender person in the? I think the Danish is it the Danish girl? Uh, yeah, the, the Danish, Danish girl. Yeah. So so what about those things and 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 all that, right? Uh, so again, that not nothing to do with race, race, race uh, nothing to do with race, but to do with people's gender. Uh, but then so you yeah, got Emma Stone. You got Emma Stone in the Hawaii Hawaiian yeah, show. Yeah. Scarlett Johansson but I mean, in the. You could argue that those are that's fictionalized, like, like in the more recent context, the Little Mermaid. Now, for example, uh, Ariel is a uh, is a uh, you know she used to be depicted in the Disney animation as a what it seems to be a white person with red hair, like, right? Mm. Now she's being played by uh, a black actress, like, right? Mm. And uh, you know, I think people have just accepted it. Okay, like, you know, that's the decision that they've made. For fictionalized, uh, for fiction, uh, for work of fiction, uh, basically, mm-hmm. uh, where it doesn't matter as much. But in this case, because uh, Cleopatra is so tied to the Egyptian cultural and and national identity, uh, that's why I think it's ruffling a lot, a lot more feathers, lah. Right? Then, then say even someone like Eddie Redmayne and the Danish girl and all that, lah. Mm, yeah, yeah. Because I mean. Um, in in our own Singaporean case of like race watering, you know, we had Dennis Chu mm. who played a Mak Chik, uh, <laughs> and a Chinese uncle and a Indian Macha, uh, yeah. all all yeah. at the same time, you know. <laughs> but yeah, because yeah. they were fictional characters, yeah, like, the repercussions were were a different kind of repercussions, like. Yeah. So but, I've seen I've seen online quarters people calling this blackwashing, like you know, blackwashing mm. uh, piece of history and all. Uh, so what do you what do you think of that? Uh? Like, is is that is that a valid uh criticism of it? Uh? I mean, if it really is the case that there's overwhelming evidence to prove that she was white skin, and then you cast a darker skin person, mm. in some mm. way, yes. If you look at the mm. definition of what brown washing, white washing, and all that have come <laughs> to be, uh, yeah. I guess it is lah. It's black washing, mm. I guess. Mm. Was it a setup to get me like like cancelled or something? No, no, no. I, I literally saw this, I think, uh, in some right-wing uh, commentator, Candace Owens. I think she she mentioned it herself, lah, right? Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it's it's one of those things where... So, for let's say you just put it... Let's do a thought experiment. Lah. If Lee Kuan Yew was played by, uh, you know, played by a, a bigger actor, let's say, like, uh, someone who's not even from Singapore or something, lah, mm. like... Uh, Morgan Let's Freeman. Say someone famous. I I think like uh, Jackie Morgan Chan Freeman? or whatever. Morgan oh. Freeman. Yeah, if Morgan Freeman, for example, you know, big actor, well loved, and and then uh, respected, like very respected actor, says, "Hey, I really, I think that role would be awesome. You know, it's such a great role, such a great person to play. How would you feel if that that was the case? If Morgan Freeman was playing Lee Kuan Yew in a movie? I cannot." <laughs> 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 that would be messed up because that one is factually incorrect. I think the mm. tricky thing about Cleopatra is that well, wait, factually, what 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 effect was incorrect? His race, lah. His race. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. His race. 
I mean, okay. he would do a great job because yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he can learn the Singlish accent or like the Brit- uh, quasi-British accent from uh, that mm. Lee Kuan Yew had also. But I think the tricky thing here is I'm looking even at the the Wikipedia articles of like Cleopatra's race and stuff and mm. there's a general consensus that she was predominantly of Macedonian uh, Greek ancestry and minorly of Iranian descent. But mm. the whole mm. issue of like was she black or white has been debated for like 20 plus years already if not more. Mm. Yeah. Um. There was literally in twenty twenty an article published by Ebony Magazine called uh, "Was Cleopatra Black?" and there mm. were all these academics who chimed in, and yeah, it's a it's a tricky thing, man. Tricky yeah. thing. So, so as a, just a follow up question about that thought experiment I had earlier. So, if it's not Morgan Freeman playing Lee Kuan Yew, but let's say uh, they got someone. No, no, no. Let's say they got uh, a young, you know, Henry Golding, for example to play the young Lee Kuan Yew, you know, in the founding days of Singapore and all. How, you, how, how do you think people react to Henry Golding being cast as Lee Kuan Yew? People <laughs> cannot also. <laughs> Why cannot? Why cannot? Because he's not Chinese. Why like, he was in Crazy Rich Asians, right? He's just, you know, he played, he played, he's Malaysian, and everything is all close enough, yeah? But, but, I mean, if you are doing a historical biopic or something, why you want to cast Henry Golding as Lee Kuan Yew? <laughs> He's the best actor for the job. He can carry off the British. I would still say, I would still say, uh, sorry lah, bro. Uh, uh, okay. You can, you can play, I don't know, who's like a Eurasian person of note uh, who was, who was very influential on Lee Kuan Yew's time. But okay, that's for me. For you? For you, okay. Because you love Crazy Rich Asians. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, I, I mean, for me, it's of course like, I, I I generally lean towards more like okay if if uh if it it, it adds to the story like it doesn't it's not so outlandish like Morgan Freeman as Lee Kuan Yew that it that people will get distracted from like, what the actual story is while watching it. Uh I think it's possible. Like it's a possible casting option. But whether people will, will react well to it, I think that's a I think people will won't react well to it. Lah. Uh because because Lee Kuan Yew is also like like a bit like Cleopatra that is very closely tied to the national and cultural identity of Singapore, like, right? Mm. Um and, and I think that because of that people will demand there'll be a level of scrutiny on on the you know, whoever is playing him. Uh a level of scrutiny unlike any other kind of historical figures in Singapore, like, right? Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. Uh, so I, I believe that it's it's a it's not the it wouldn't be the best decision, now. To do that. And okay, so if I put on my actor hat, okay, because you were you were talking, I was thinking actually, like, what if we can do a really good portrayal of Lee Kuan Yew, learn the accent, even like you know with hair and all. Then I'm like, okay, you know what? Too bad I will never be cast as like this heartthrob in a fucking show where this guy comes from Britain to have like girls throw their whatever at him and fall in love. So too bad, okay? I can be cast maybe as Gandhi. You won't be uh, cast as Gandhi. That is my yeah, privilege, yeah. okay? <laughs> I will never be in the Avengers, okay? I will never be in Mission Impossible, okay? Because my yeah. head is too big, my eyes are too big, um, and I'm just like a small, small man. No, so too bad, okay? Too bad. I There are certain roles that, as an actor, you suck it up, you have that range. Sorry, this is, this is you want to play yeah. an Indian person? I'm like, you shut up, okay? Uh, there are many roles where I just, because of the way I'm born, I can't play. So, yeah. too bad lah, too bad. Okay, yeah, now I take off the actor hat. I take off the actor hat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you, you wouldn't have wanted Scarlett Johansson, for example, to to uh I think, you know, play a Japanese uh a yeah. Japanese anime character, right? In the yeah, live action yeah. version. Unless, of, unless it was a ghost no... in the shell, right? It was ghost in yeah, the shell, yeah. Ghost in the shell. 
Unless there's no more yeah. Japanese people on earth, lah. And then she's like, okay, let's <laughs> let's just find the best person yeah. who can play this role. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, yeah. Think, that was, I think that's, that's the my, thing, right? My, like, my actor ranta. Yeah, I think that's the thing. Is like, if there's really like no better option, and you've, or you've you've really exhausted all possible options in finding mm. someone that that you know at least at least historically looks like a historical figure and all that, then then you change it. They're okay, lah. I understand. But in this case, like Cleopatra, like it's very clear that they're making a statement. They're making a, uh, almost what is a political statement as well, lah, right? Yeah, la. I mean, they'll never admit that, but. I mean, I guess that's why it's riling people up, lah. Yeah, yeah. I think even a, a lawyer has has moved forward to sue Netflix to try and oh, uh, over an Egyptian lawyer has has already filed legal action against Netflix, uh. I guess yeah. maybe maybe the the no Sangnila Utama also like people know the the uh, the ratio, yeah. yeah, ethnicity, yeah, yeah, yeah. different, hmm. uh, different. But I mean, but yeah. the show's still coming out. The show's still coming out. It's coming out in May. It's made already. Yeah, I mean, it uh-huh. will come out in Singapore. I don't know about Egypt itself, like, right? If, yeah, yeah, yeah. Know, correct, correct. Scully causes riots and all that. Like, for, yeah. you know, but cool. Cool, yes. cool, cool. Okay, and, so. Uh, yeah, what is your one short comment for the last few days? Uh, my one short comment. Um, okay, would you like to, would you like to go first? Uh, let me just pull that up right now. Okay. Um, uh, 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 you have yours already. Yeah. Uh, no, my, mine is the. Yeah. I think uh, Jungle Jimbo uh, put something on Reddit that he was suggesting as a goofy topic on shooting, but um, it's pretty funny like, actually. There's a cuckoo bird themed art exhibition opening in Singapore. Admission is free, so mm. it's a. Uh, there's literally, I think, in Little India, what there's literally an art exhibition where everything is. Is a uh, phallic shape, the uh, phallic shape and phallic themed, uh, in the art exhibition. So yeah. it's um, you know, it's not just about uh, paintings. What there's like installations, plushies, and a lot of other things, um, in in this exhibition. It's uh, it's called the Chin Chin Art Exhibition, uh, And apparently, Chin Chin means wee wee in Japanese, uh. Yeah. Mm. So it's a but it's by a Prague based Japanese artist Yui Ozaki. So yeah, I mean uh. It's a suggestion, but I mean, I'm kind of like copying it. It's a, oh, it's a pretty, pretty interesting thing that I would never heard of if someone didn't come on our subreddit and tell us about it. But do you think it's it's a good way to market the exhibition as Cuckoo Bird Exhibition? Because at first I thought that was the name <laughs> of the exhibition, but it has nothing uh, to do with the term Cuckoo Bird. Yeah, it does. It doesn't. But uh, maybe it's just to, you know, uh, like to get the attention of people in Singapore, la, right? Like if you said chin chin in Singapore, people would not understand what it is. If you said phallic shape, people would be like, "Huh?" And what, what, what's that word mean? Yeah, cucumber. Everyone knows cucumber. Yeah, cucumber. Everyone knows, right? There was that that viral clip from the NTU, like Singapore Uni. You know, not I don't know whether it's NTU or not. Singapore yeah. Uni. The, the cucumber. Yeah, yeah. Then we got Noah Yap to to recreate because it sounded a lot like him. Right? Like yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, really I remember seeing. It. Okay, so my one show comment is from Kim Ji Hoon, uh, mm-hmm. who is uh, I think commented before on the Yalabad podcast with uh, Joe Tan three Yalabad mm-hmm. three and nine, who said I can foresee Joe Tan having her own podcast called Happy Place, ha ha ha, which is the name mm-hmm. of an upcoming play. Uh, when it happens, I will definitely be the first listener, which is great because even we were telling Joe Joe that hey, you you got radio experience, you know, you said radio was maybe not the most free 
uh, you got a good voice and all that. Yeah, maybe maybe mm. she will start a podcast. Mm. You never know. Yeah. So so yeah. But yeah, yeah. I think that you can still get tickets for her play, a happy place. I think. Yep, yep, yep. It should be pretty interesting. Uh, should yeah, be if interesting. You wanna, if you want to see Joe Tandu catch her there, yeah. Okay, cool. And, and about and your one shot thing? thing. Yeah, my uh, my one shot thing a, is a. Oh, okay, okay. You go, you go. Okay, mine's a YouTube uh video, from a yeah a creator that I just started, uh following a bit because he he travels a lot and he just he travels with with, with his family so he's got a. He's had a lot of tips about traveling with family and all that. But recently, he yeah, he even traveled to Singapore and did uh, a street food Singapore tour like, where he went to four hawker centers in 24 hours mm. uh, on his solo trip to Singapore. So, uh, yeah, shout out to Yellow Productions. I thought it's a um, pretty interesting perspective to see all these uh, YouTube travel vloggers and all coming by Singapore and what they have to say about Singapore hawker centers. Yeah. Mm, cool, cool. Um, okay, mine. Yes. What is your watch thing? Mine is an Instagram account that I chanced upon called Singapore Spotting. So Singapore underscore mm. Spotting. Um, and it is actually a Mid Journey project. Um, uh, it's not by Mid Journey. It's by someone using Mid Journey. Mid Journey to mm, mm. imagine fictional celebrity spotting in Singapore settings. Uh, so it's pretty pretty dope, lah. You get like you know uh. Taylor Swift, uh, POV Taylor Swift spilling the tea on her recent breakup over brunch at Over Easy. Mm. And then uh, Gordon Ramsay at Geylang Sarai Bazaar deciding whether to buy Epok Epok or Romley Burger. And you mm. look at the photos, it's pretty, I mean, okay, if you look closely, you can tell that, okay, la, some of them you can tell, okay, this is, doesn't look the most real, but some of them are fucking great, man. Like Neymar, Neymar playing football at Ang Mo Kyo. <laughs> <laughs> So it's it's pretty awesome, man. Whoever's behind this, I mean, like this is some cool ass shit. Um, uh, I think I think there's so much fun to be had here, lah. Mm. You know, Spider Man taking mm. the MRT, you know, and mm. it it looks like actual nice photos. So so kudos to this to this post uh, to this so account. It's on Instagram, lah. Yeah, it's on Instagram. Singapore okay. underscore spotting link in the show notes. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. cool, man. Well, All right. Thank you for joining us on this trip down. This Gen Z uh, GP tutor wormhole that we went into. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. Yeah. Sweet. Okay, cool. All right. Thanks, everybody. All right.